when I was dealing with like gut issues and a bit of adrenal fatigue, I sought a solution. And one of them was like seeing a particular doctor and all of that. And so I would improve. And then I would like, I would kind of like slightly regress a little bit or Mm -hmm. something or whatever I was doing would like stop working. Mm -hmm. So that would happen like as a pattern. And I got to the point where I had had the energy work, had an amazing year or like year and a half. And then it's like, I hit another wall. Mm. And I've come to find that often those walls are like opportunities for me to, to kind of move ahead, but in a way that was different from before. Welcome back to the North Star podcast. I'm so excited to share with you guys today, Jenna Robinson. Her and I have so many similarities. It's almost wild. So it's going to be really fun to comb over those. So in detail, quick, I can share that both her and I are energy workers. I came into Reiki. I I just share this quick because I honestly don't think I've really talked too much about it on the podcast, but you will hear about it in this conversation. Um, I came into Reiki almost by accident. It wasn't like something I'd heard about a lot before. You know, I hadn't been like yearning to study it. However, when it did come into my life and through my teacher, Laura Elliott, I was so, I was like hook, line, and sinker in the first second of that training. And it felt so right. And, um, and it's been really profound. It's been profound to work with on myself because Reiki healing can really be powerful when you know, used on oneself and then also to work with clients and to see the shifts in them and the calmness and the, you know, the release of, of negativity of, let's say, emotional or spiritual toxins being cleared from the body of, of energy flowing again. And, and traditional Chinese medicine will, will tell you that the root of all illness is uh, stagnant or blo- blocked energy. And so, so yeah, I've just absolutely loved this work. I can't wait to share with you Jenna's, um, you know, Jenna's story with it. And I also can't wait to chat with her on this episode about being an expat. I mean, Jenna works in her like healing coaching work. She works with expats specifically, which is very cool. I, She's an American living in Italy. I am a Canadian living, well, this year I've been really truly living all over, I feel, between France and Finland. Um, And I truly have no clue where the end of this year will take me, but let's just say generically I'm a Canadian living in Europe. I tend to say that more than anything else because it just kind of sums it all up easier. And whenever I talk to other expats, I find so much comfort and so much solace because there's so much beauty and moving to a place, especially if it feels more aligned with your soul as being in Europe certainly feels for me and feels much more like where I'm meant to be. Whereas Canada, in spite of, you know, having grown up there and lived there until I was about 21, um, in spite of that, I would say that it feels more like a place to visit. It's very interesting. And I think that that is all information I've been given from my soul. Meaning, I don't know if you believe in this, but I, I quite do that 
I believe I've had many more past lives in Europe than in Canada. And so therefore, the feeling of being home is really felt while I'm here. And okay, so all in spite of right, all of that, there is also on the flip side, there's also so many challenges. And I am quite sure that that's what Jenna works with her clients on because yeah, there's just so many. I've chatted with quite a few good friends of mine about this who are also expats. And, you know, a very obvious one is language, language barriers. I've not been in an English speaking place in, where are we, in four months. I am quite well spoken in French, but still it's, you know, I'm not to the point where it's not intimidating for me to have a conversation. And so there's like an added element of minor stress in the everyday in the sense that like, um, especially in Finland where for like, for me, I can't speak a word and, and I, and I find myself apologizing almost every day to people who start to speak to me and being like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I just speak English. And I know as someone who's very conscious and aware, like the fact that I'm, I shouldn't actually be saying I'm sorry um, because I don't have anything to be sorry about and signaling to myself that I'm wrong for not speaking this language is not actually good for my mental, emotional and spiritual health. Um, because again, it just creates this like little stressor. It tells myself um, rather indirectly that I'm wrong for being the way that I am. And so that's just like one example, like not feeling like you're really part of, you know, society in a way, because it's like, there's really a huge barrier. Um, even for example, I went to a yoga class in France. And as I just said, like, I can get quite well, like I can get by quite well in France, but like even this yoga class where it was like, you know, yoga has very specific names for moves. And even though I could like quickly translate things in my head into English to follow them, it was still like an added layer, an added step that I had to take, which kind of took me a little bit out of the Zen of yoga. So, um, so yeah, there's just, there's a lot of things. There's also like customs that we're not really, you know, we don't always know there's, um, yeah, it's just really ultimately it boils down to this feeling of being other and that's what can affect an expat living in living in Europe. So everybody wants to feel like they belong and we all deserve to feel that way. And so in any case, all of this we will get into in more detail in this episode with Jenna. I just wanted to share a little bit about where I'm coming from with things before I really let her take center stage with this. I'm a teacher and an author and an energy healing practitioner currently living in Italy. I've lived here for, I think about almost five years, four years, going on five years. So even with that, it doesn't always feel like Italy is home. (laughs) And um, so by living abroad, I've really had a lot of opportunities to tap into what it means to be at home. Like, what does that mean? Is that a place? Is that a feeling? What is that? And so I often will use the discomforts in living abroad to, in a sense, heal myself. And for that, that healing to me means getting to know myself even more. And so, yeah, I really enjoy 
holding that space for others as well, but also getting to continue to grow and discover more and more of myself while living in a place that maybe I wouldn't necessarily consider home yet. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I have like a thousand questions already for you. Just based <laughs> Perfect. On, based on just that. Um, but before I get to that, can you share with our listeners where you're from? I mean, you don't quite have the Italian accent, so... <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not Italian. Where so did you I'm come from? <laughs> yeah, and how did you get there? What's the story? Yes. Great great stories. Always interesting. So I'm from the US. I'm from the West Coast, Washington State. And the first time that I went abroad, like off the continental like US kind of area, um, was when I went to go teach English in South Korea. And I was there for two years. And in between coming back from Korea and then going back to my hometown and going to graduate school for teaching English as a second language, I stopped in Italy and decided to do a three-month language and culture exchange with a family. And I just happened (laughs) to meet my partner. (laughs) And I didn't expect that it would go anywhere because I wasn't really uh, concerned about meeting anyone. That wasn't my objective. And so it just kind of happened. And I would like to say that it happened because of the the energy work that I actually did on myself. Mm. And it just kind of happened to bring that person who would have meshed with so well with me (laughs) into my radar. Yeah. (laughs) So it was, it's kind of a, it was kind of a whirlwind unexpected meeting. And so after I finished grad school, I moved to Italy and I've been here ever since. Wow. That is so beautiful. I, I, you, you can't, I mean, you can make that stuff up. It sounds like the stuff of like a fairy tale, but it doesn't, (laughs) I mean, my goodness, I can't, I can't even imagine you must have just been in complete surprise. What was the, because I know this is the work that you do. What was the energy work that you had done on yourself and, Mm -hmm. and, or had you had another healer that you'd been working with to come to this place? That's a great question. So um, what happened is, I, I've had, I had some gut problems, so challenges with Mm -hmm. my gut. And this had been kind of a theme, I don't know, probably since college, uh, maybe even earlier, who knows. And so when I was living in Korea, it was really front and center. Like it really was evident that I had something going on. And so I tried everything. I tried, you know, some acupuncture, maybe not consistently, um, some Chinese herbs, things like that, that I'd done before I went to Korea and they worked really well, but being there, things were so different. I was like, this isn't what I expected for Chinese medicine or, you know, whatever. And so I got really desperate and my mom actually introduced me to somebody um, who she knew who was an energy healer. And that was kind of a combination of emotion code and what's called the body code and also maybe some Reiki as well. And so I received 
healing from a distance. I don't know. It probably was about 20 sessions or so over the year. Wow. And um, it was so fascinating because uh, when I left Korea, what happened is like I came into one of the most powerful and exciting years of my life because it seemed as if I had let go of such a load of like energetic burdens Mm -hmm. that then things were able to come to me really easily. And so that year, the year of meeting my partner, the year of meeting this host family, the year of just everything just matched up so well and felt so effortless that I was like, wow, what did I stumble upon? And that was before I was an actual energy um, healer myself. And so that really inspired and directed me to continue to do that type of work, both on myself, but also learn how so I could help others with it as well. That's so beautiful. Did you, so you said your mother introduced you to the work. Yeah. She, so was she, she always, did. yeah, go on. Was she always into it? That's a really good question. No. Um, and it's funny because I'm, I would say I'm probably more the intuitive one. <laughs> so like the fact that I, this didn't come like naturally or slightly more naturally to me is kind of funny. Um, but she, no, and I'm not even actually sure how she, came upon it. I do believe she read the book, The Emotion Code by Dr. Bradley Nelson, I believe is his name. And so she was like, you know what, this might be useful for you. Why don't you try this? And I was like such a skeptic. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But she she paid for it. So I was like, I'm willing to try. (laughs) And um, so, you know, once I experienced it, I was like, wow, like, this is incredibly useful, um, especially for people who are not so close to their normal resources. Like I had not, I mean, I had stuff and I had people to help, but not, not in a way where I felt empowered. Like I felt really out of control of what I could actually find to help me. Mm -hmm. And so that really, really pushed me to discover more and more. Wow, that's really interesting that you also came into it somewhat skeptical Mm. because I just, yeah, I, a lot of people are skeptical about this kind of work, I feel. Mm. And so it's interesting that in spite of your skepticism, you still found yourself going back. Maybe it was just because your mom paid, but you, you can, you (laughs) went back every time. How did it look? For you, the transition from that mindset to being open to it, or how did you start to feel different? Like what brought you even more and more into it? That's a really good one. Um, I think for me, what really shifted was seeing the transformation or experiencing that transformation. And so oftentimes I will encourage either my clients or other people to take notes like and notice how they feel because often, you know, we'll be going along in life and things will change, but like we don't really take time to reflect and like notice how things are changing. Yeah. And so um, for me, that's something I've always been pretty good at. I've generally, since I could write, I guess I mm-hmm. kept a journal. And so even if I consciously forget things, like for example, when I was like in sixth grade, I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to become a teacher. I'm going to travel to Europe. I'm going to, all these things. I completely forgot about all of that until I read it. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) like this was right on. Like I knew what I was doing, but not really. So um, I think it was really um, identifying and noticing those transformations, whether they were feelings like a shift in how I felt or shift in like my actual physical body or a shift in how people treated me or what was coming into my life in an easier way. And those things I really noticed and was like, you know what, some of these were things that I was either intending or things that um, we released like emotions that were, would have potentially caused something like that to keep it from materializing or something like that. So for me, I was I guess you could say convinced in a way by noticing those transformations and really being like, this is doing stuff. It's doing really cool things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And how, what was the trajectory from receiving the sessions to deciding you wanted to, you know, study yourself and go into this line of work yourself? So, I think for me, it was kind of like almost like a a cyclical in a sense pattern. So um, for example, when I was dealing with like gut issues and a bit of adrenal fatigue, I sought a solution and one of them was like seeing a particular doctor and all of that. And so I would improve And then I would like, I would kind of like slightly regress a little bit or Mm -hmm. something or whatever I was doing would like stop working. Mm -hmm. So that would happen like as a pattern. And I got to the point where I had had the energy work, had an amazing year or like year and a half. And then it's like, I hit another wall Mm -hmm. and I've come to find that often those walls are like opportunities for me to, to kind of move ahead, but in a way that was different from before. So uh, again, what happened is like kind of the gut issues returned, maybe not the same intensity, but it's like, it's kind of like I went back a little bit and that Mm. was just enough discomfort to be like, uh uh-uh, like I'm not, not this. And so then it prompted me to actually try to do it for myself instead of um, you know, seeking out somebody else because I thought, well, if this is a long-term project, <laughs> maybe I should learn a little bit more. And so I then became an emotion code practitioner so I could do it for myself and for others. And then I also learned angelic Reiki, which I think in combination, I really enjoyed those two types of modalities because they were so different and yet both had their way of being really effective. So if I wanted something really specific and I wanted to clear some energy, then I would often use a motion code. But mm-hmm. then if I wanted something like growth or something in, in general, but like bigger in a sense, then I would often use angelic Reiki mm-hmm. and, and use that to help me grow in that way. So the combination of them to work through those discomforts of like gut issues or stress and anxiety and things like that, that would just come back enough to bother me. Mm-hmm. And then I would have to, you know, find a solution. And so, yeah, it was kind of that, 
had a problem solution thing that really yeah pushed me into learning how to to do the work for myself wow that's so cool so for you I believe you said you were working on yourself first and then you went into working on other people is that yeah absolutely yeah so I waited I waited quite a while I guess I I think I I got certified in both emotion code and angelic reiki in 2017 and then i was like you know what i'm gonna wait like i'm just gonna do stuff for myself and like see and so i didn't actually start being more available like as like a business or something to others until a few years later but i think that's that's pretty typical i think it's like almost in a sense like the healing of the self like even in shamanism and things like that it's like yeah, you heal yourself, and then, and then when you learn what you need to learn, then you can go and help others in that sense. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my journey too. <laughs> yeah, that completely makes sense. And so, when when you started doing or providing this for others, you were already in Italy just to line up the two. Mm-hmm. And when you started doing it on yourself, you were also already in Italy, right? Like, did you stay in Italy? Okay. So I started doing it for myself before I left Italy. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I started doing it for my, like at least emotion code for myself before I got certified. Mm -hmm. And then, um, angelic Reiki is a little bit different because I think like UCB Reiki, there are different levels. And so after a couple levels, I mean, well, the first level, you can work on yourself and friends and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you move to like a more of a professional level. So I think it took maybe two years or so. Mm-hmm. And so I was working on myself and then I got certified in Angelic Reiki and then I continued to work on myself. And then after I moved to Italy, that's when I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to start helping other people as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, it's, yeah, it's so beautiful. And as you said, it is such powerful work. So I just think it's amazing that you're, you're providing that for people. And I know that you also work, I will, I believe I, you correct me if I'm wrong, but you are predominantly with expats or is that in this work or in your coaching work or do you blend them together? That is a really good question. (laughs) So I almost started working with expats as like because the uh, my Italian is still not completely fluent and so at first I was like oh (laughs) I'm only gonna be working with expats but at the same time that's one of my strengths because I've lived in a couple different countries and know those challenges and and it doesn't necessarily have to be with expats. Like I work with other people as well. And even people who, who don't feel at home, maybe mm-hmm. wherever they're living, or those, even if they've moved states or things like that. I've even worked with people who are living in their own, you know, home state, but they feel uncomfortable in their work mm-hmm. situation. So mm-hmm. while I do work with a lot of expats, it's not like an exclusive thing. Yeah. It's just that because I've been in those situations and, and dealt with a lot of those challenges that can be really particular. Um, often people who are experiencing those kind of challenges will, will seek me out because they're like, ah, oh, she gets it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I definitely did want to ask you about that because I know we've talked a little bit through text about that, but um, 
I think there's like the very obvious side that people see to like moving somewhere abroad and like the very like romantic side of it all. Um, especially Italy. I mean, it's one of the top countries for an American, if not, you know, the first that an American would romanticize about going to. And as you did, you found love, you moved to Italy, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so I think and you can confirm or deny what, but I'm sure you've had beautiful experiences with that. Um, so feel free to share about that. But then also I'd love to hear about what's been challenging for yourself and then, you know, for people that you've worked with or like a general yeah. You know, clientele, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I used to get a little bit resentful, which I know is something I'd have to work on myself. A little resentful when people are like, oh, you're so lucky. You live in Italy. And I'm like, do you want to come live here? <laughs> do you want to come experience what I've experienced? Mm. Um, because there is the, that tourist side of, of visiting, of eating great food, of seeing really amazing things, which I do living here as well. However, there's the aspect of, you know, a lot of people joke about how um, Italian bureaucracy is. And I also was like, ha ha ha. And then I started experiencing it. And I was like, this is like no joke. Like even the Italians don't know what's going on. Um, so that was something that like really actually forced me and pushed me to do more energy work because I was like, if I'm going to live here, like, I can't live like this in the state of anxiousness and the state of out of control, like chaos is anything ever going to go my way, things like that. And so um, I found that energy work has become so practical. Um, so like one, one example would be that um, I had to go and get like an identity card, which I really procrastinated. Like I've been here for like four and a half, five <laughs> years, whatever. I still didn't do it because I was like, ah, but I really needed it. And so I was like, okay, before I would have just fallen into the trap of, you know, bureaucracy is terrible. You're never going to get what you want. Like whatever. I was like, no, like I'm not going there anymore. So I decided to, do energy work on myself regarding that kind of kind of situation mm -hmm. and i was like well what do i really want out of this and i was like that really forced me to get clear and it's like okay i want this 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 and this like what can i change within myself to allow that to easily happen or to come to me and i kid you not like that i did that the day before my appointment to you know go through all of this and everything went so smoothly in the appointment like i couldn't even believe it any even any little like what could have been problems were like smoothed out mm. and i received the card in what like two and a half business days after my appointment which is like unheard of <laughs> no especially for italy where it's and, uh, exactly <laughs> and so i was like you know what it doesn't have to be this way like yes this is the energy of what's here but it doesn't have to be like that and so for me again it's like noticing that transformation noticing those changes noticing how things are shifting really continues to you know encourage me to do more and to choose a different way of being rather than fall into the like oh, well 
I have no control or power over anything, which to some extent is, it can be true, but it's also how, how we deal with it. Um, and so this for me was a really powerful tool in, in dealing with the challenges that come up while being abroad. And not only that, but they really enable me and enable the other people I help to, to kind of claim their power, you know, like you don't have to live in your home place to like feel powerful within yourself to create what it is that you really want to create rather than have society or whatever tell you like this is this is how things are so like good luck take it or leave it wow that's that is really empowering and I think it's almost uh I don't want to say this in a disempowering way but I think it's more common let's say for if you're in expat to almost um kind of like put the society that you're in where you're a foreigner and almost Mm. put it ahead of you or kind of feel like you have to in a have to in quotes bow down to this society because there is a feeling of like lack of belongingness and like I don't quote unquote know the right thing um you know I'm not like I, I have this all the time with like silly things like um like what is the custom for, uh, you know, the, the silliest example that just came to mind is like uh, I order I I always have like a warm drink I guess like if I'm not mm-hmm. having like water like I have like tea with my meal and apparently mm-hmm. like now I'm in Finland and and they're like oh that is very Canadian like nobody has like tea or like coffee before a meal here it's always after the meal and I know in Italy it's also very common to have like espresso after the meal but just like little things like that where like that didn't hurt me but it's like an example of something that could make you feel other and make you feel like oh I don't know the quote-unquote rules and so in the grander scheme of things I may almost feel like I should should quote-unquote follow society's rules and if they are perhaps uh not good for you like if there is like a bureaucracy or if there is just like um a sort of nasty nature which I've heard from some expat friends of mine where like you know people have said like you don't fit in here um just like straight up and that's Mm. really hard it's just good to know I guess long story short it's good to hear you say it's very empowering to hear you say like it doesn't have to be that way in spite of how perhaps you might feel at first glance like it has to be yeah that's a that's actually a really good example um because yeah oftentimes it's almost as if we kind of put ourselves like aside because we're trying to understand what's happening we're trying maybe to get along or things like that. And it's not until, and the same thing happened to me. And it's not until like, you've given their power away, you've given your power away, you've get, and then you realize like, well, who am I? Like, what, what am I doing here? Um, and one of the things that I do is actually work on releasing emotions, energies, and beliefs that keep myself and, and others in that space of being unempowered because Mm -hmm. we can you know go into a situation like that and then somebody flat out to our say says like you don't belong here like go away yeah and like yeah that hurts 
um, or it can hurt, or it can be like, huh, this was a trigger or an opportunity for me to kind of clear out what it is that's making me feel like attacked from that Mm -hmm. and to either, you know, clear it away so these things don't happen anymore, or you have that inner strength or power or whateverness to be like, that doesn't bother me anymore. So it's, it's really powerful, like our emotions and how we feel and, and all of that, how we get triggered in all these different situations while we're living abroad are huge opportunities for growth, for learning, for shifting, for knowing more about ourselves and what matters to us, you know, like, because mm-hmm. after you start, you know, following how other things go and you realize, well, is, am I doing that just to fit in or am I doing mm-hmm. that because I want to? Yeah. So it's, it's a huge opportunity and a challenge. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I completely agree. I was curious um, when you'd said, learning about yourself and the growth opportunities, et cetera. Um, I feel like I, um, the first time I run abroad as a Canadian, not, I didn't know what it meant to be Canadian. I was like, cause you're like a fish in water. You don't know what the water is. And, and it was only upon, uh, you know, temporarily living in Italy that I was like, Oh, like these are traits of Canadians. Like I learned this, that I didn't even know existed. Like apparently mm. we smile a lot and we're very polite. <laughs> And I was like, okay, yeah, maybe that, I don't know. But anyway, these are like, rent, like again, silly examples, but could be deeper things that you learn about yourself while you're living abroad. I'm just curious what you've learned about yourself since. Yeah, yeah that's really, really interesting. Um, so, Gosh, there's so many. Well, I'm sure. a good one. Um, one of the things that for me um, was really, really strong, and it's something that I continue to deal with and continue to work through, is actually a set, it has to do with languages. So um, when I studied, so I studied Spanish when I was in high school. And um, I remember when I was in university taking a class that there was, it was a predominantly a speaking class or a communications kind of class. And I just, I couldn't say anything. Mm. And the professor is like, look, you have to, like, if, if nothing else, write it down before you say it and then just say it. Mm. And I felt constantly like, um, hesitant or like, just like not, like good about speaking up it's like oh those people speak much better than me like why should I even try and so that energy or that wound or whatever you could call it obviously didn't go away by me just be like okay I'm done with Spanish Um, so when I came to Italy that really was like in my face of like not being able to communicate or enough or things like that. And so that really forced me to do two different types of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One was the actual working on language skills and things like that. But the other part was more emotional having to do with like confidence, sharing my voice, speaking up, um, asking for what I want without feeling like, uh, you know, like I need to <laughs> hide. And so, um, that yeah that's a major thing and I think that's pretty typical with I wouldn't say a lot of expats but there are definitely some who 
find that if they don't speak the language well enough, like it causes re- a lot of internal like conflict. And then that energy can kind of get stuck. So if it's not kind of dealt with, it can, it can make things even worse. I forgot what your question was. I'm sorry. No, I was asking, I mean, that is something I was just asking what you learned about yourself, but I think that that is, you said that that came up again. Mm, Yeah. So I learned, yeah, I would say that I learned to go even deeper. So those things that, you know, you kind of are like, uh, it's okay. I'm, I'm all right. I survive. Like, no, like living abroad is like, here it is. Mm, and yeah. so, um, yeah, those things that maybe I hadn't um, finished working through or dealing with really came up front and center. And so, um, I think for me, knowing that I can, can be, it come from a powerful place and not continue to let that self-doubt or that, not being good enough or whatever to, um, yeah, it was just enabled me to deal with it firsthand rather than just kind of shove it to the side, hoping that (laughs) it would never bother me again. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's definitely true because unlike when you're learning a second language in a country where you speak, you know, your mother tongue with the, the native language, um, you can push that away for sure, but when you're there, it's either like figure it out or have no relationships except for maybe with your husband. It, it's it, sorry, it's your husband, right? Or it's your boyfriend? Oh well, he's. I just call him my significant other. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's still weird. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know, it's basically you have you don't really have a choice because it's you know you're gonna expand your world or you're not. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. I, please go ahead. I, was, I have another question, but I'd love to hear what you're going to say. I was going to say, even if you have a choice, it's also like, how do you approach it? You know, uh, is it like, mm. are you resisting and being miserable or are you, you know, moving through it in, in, a, in a better way that's maybe more fun or more, mm. yeah, in, in a better way? Yeah. Go ahead. What was your question? No, no, no. That's so true. I actually am curious just with respect to that. Did you always come in? Like, did you come into the move to Italy? Did you come into the learning of the Italian language? Like all these things that have, um, you know, basically forced you to grow. Did you, have you always had a tendency to approach them with that, you know, positive outlook or have, have you had to work on that as well? I definitely had to work on that. Um, like, even if I go and look back at old notebooks of, of things that I released from my own self, like a lot of it was like things like hopeless, hopelessness, despair, that real, that feeling of powerlessness. So when I first, you know, approached Italian, it was kind of from this like victim mentality where it's like, oh, like, here I am. My partner speaks two languages, but like, Mm. woe is me. Like, Mm. how am I ever going to, you know, whatever. Um, And so that, that was how I'd often like automatically approach things, which also is like, there's underlying energy that was causing me to do that. Um, And so I'd say, no, like it, it wasn't always just a positive thing, but I think noticing uh, how I could shift things or how I could um, approach things 
in a way where I actually was getting more of what I want. I was like, well, that's definitely a better way than like just hoping <laughs> that's yeah. something somehow I would be fluent. <laughs> oh, cause that, that didn't work for me. <laughs> no, me neither. Um, not yet. <laughs> and, and I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm fluent yet, but I'm definitely in a place where there's not that resistance to learning, to practicing, um, versus like just feeling completely and not capable um so and it's really interesting because it's often sometimes I feel like almost in a sense in my head it's like is there a block that's keeping me from even like thinking or is it is it free and I'm able to like get across and also receive and learn what it is that I need Mm -hmm. to learn so it for me it became yes, it's an energetic thing, but it also affects me. Like I can feel things physically. It's like, oh, mm. am I feeling that resistance in there? Or is it like free and like mm-hmm. open? And can I, yeah, receive or learn what I need to learn? So yeah, that that was, really, it's been a really interesting experience. Oh yeah. I, I mean, on that note, did you, have you found then that you'd mentioned digestive issues earlier did you notice a link between how you're feeling emotionally and, you know, digestive issues that may or may not crop up to the state Mm. or just did in the past? Mm, That's a good one. So uh, my digestive issues, I believe stem and stem from a lack of feeling supported, which it, began kind of in that college university phase when you know you're off well I was off for the first time by myself in a different city and whatever um and I think it was uh worsened by stress and trying to mentally figure everything out Mm. um and feeling as if I wasn't supported and I had to do everything for myself Mm -hmm. and that theme can continue um often when people live abroad, it's like, um, you know, you're, you're back in that place, even if it's, if it's, you're an adult or whatever, it's like, okay, like I'm feeling unsupported. Like I can't do the things that I would normally do easily. And so, yeah, sometimes it can kind of come in these little cycles to remind me or push me to think it's like, have you dealt with that completely? Like, Mm -hmm. have you, yeah, so it kind of finds its way in there. So I would say that there's definitely a link. And so I do notice when things are better or worse. And it kind of makes me stop and be like, huh, like, do I feel really supported right now? Like, yeah. what can I do to feel more supported? Not necessarily mm-hmm. force anyone to do anything or me have to do anything myself. But like, is that coming from within? Or is that, <laughs> is that a different energy that's, that's there? Yeah. Wow. I love that question. That's a really pertinent thing to ask oneself. Like I'm going to, I'm going to remember that personally. And I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking is, you know, if you get the answer like no, or maybe even prior to asking that you'd felt something in your body that might indicate that you weren't feeling supported does that usually come up for you? You mentioned like the blockage. Is, is that like a stomach ache or what does it manifest for you as in the body? Yeah. Um, 
I think like it feel it for me it feels almost kind of like a heaviness like mm-hmm. like a heaviness like something's not digesting which is an interesting thing because there's a wonderful book you may have heard of it by Louise Hay it's like um it's like I can I heal my oh, body can, something like that you can you feel can, your life I, I think it's not just your life there's one for for the body and if okay. you look under like stomach issues and whatever it's kind of like what are you not able to digest in life? <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like, hmm. <laughs> like that sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's like, sometimes I'll feel kind of a heaviness and like the, the interesting thing about physical things is like they, if we pay attention, they can actually really guide us. If we can reflect and take a moment, like it can really support us in noticing like, what isn't exactly going right same with like emotional stuff as well it's like okay well mm, this is what i'm feeling but like what do i actually want to feel and so mm-hmm. for a long time i would ignore both of those um and when i finally realized hey these are some signals it's not just a physical thing but it's a connection yeah. um that's when i really was like huh <laughs> if i can pay attention and take a moment. This is not, you know, I wouldn't say normal, but it's it like my normal or natural state or our natural state is probably not to be hurting or suffering. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, if I can remember when I start to feel those things, it's like, mm-hmm. all right, how, how do I get back to being in alignment? And oftentimes for me, that's expressing myself and my creativity Mm. so sometimes even if I feel kind of blocked even if it's physical I'll I'll move around I'll dance if I don't feel like it I'll put on a timer and I'll be like move until the timer goes off I love it by the time I, I get to that point, it's like, okay, like, I don't know what I just expressed, but like, yeah. <laughs> somehow I moved some energy. So there's, there's so many different ways. It's, I think it's just a matter of like noticing, mm-hmm. being a little bit more self-aware and then seeing, yeah, what is it that we general, genuinely need to be and feel our best selves? Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that's fantastic. But cause I was going to ask you, you know, what, what it is you do, but you just said it right there with respect to, to dancing, you know, aside from like energy work that you would do on yourself, but that's something very simple and very accessible to someone who, who, you know, doesn't, who has had, let's say no training, you know, in emotion code or Reiki or whatnot. So just dancing and moving the energy through your body is, is, is helpful for you. And, and it, it really can be quite powerful. Like, and I would, I'm laughing because like, I'm, I don't naturally, like, I'm not like, Ooh, like let's go dance. But I've noticed that um, it really can help. Like, you don't have to have anyone watching. Like mm-hmm. the timer is really useful because it's like, you know, you try to trick yourself and talk yourself out of doing it. And it's like, okay, I'm committed. Like, let's do this for five minutes or two minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that can be really, really, really powerful. Wow. Yeah. I really love that. Cause I mean, I'm thinking just like personally, I, I tend to be like, um, more of, I go to writing like more than anything, but the, or my issue with writing is it's so cerebral. So if you're stuck in your head, you can easily also get stuck 
just staring at your page and being like, okay, I'm really stuck. Like I, like there's like to get out of one's head and like truly into the body in that way is, um, is, is something I totally believe in, but not something I do regularly as like, um, you know, a very intentional sort of like, let's move this energy. So I think that that's really cool that you do that. I do, I do have a, like an exercise that, I mean, it's kind of half and half. It's like cerebral and also like feeling um, mm-hmm. where, and I, I find this is really powerful as well, where I'll grab like a, a scratch piece of paper or like a sticky note or something. And once you get fast at it, you can do it in your brain. But I, I like the actual like writing things down as well. Um, what I do on the left side of the paper, I'll write down like a number one. And then I'll be like, okay, what am I feeling right now? Because it really forces you to clarify like what it is. Because sometimes we just feel and it's like, but we don't like know what it is. So I force myself to write down, okay, I'm frustrated, for example. And then I'll like have a T and on the other side of the T, I'll write down one and I'll be like, okay, I'm frustrated. Like I'm feeling that. What do I really want to feel like? And again, Mm -hmm. it forces me to to clarify like, okay, like, what do I want? If I'm frustrated, I want to be uh, at ease, for example, Mm. then I'll write at ease. And then if anything else comes up that I want to feel, I'll continue writing that down until I've got nothing. And then I'll go back to the other side and be like, what else am I feeling right now? Mm. I'll write like a number two and be like, okay, I'm annoyed or whatever and then on the other side we're like okay I don't want to feel annoyed like what do I really want to feel like and then I'll go through that and I'll I'll go back and forth until I feel like heard in a way like by my own self and once I like get that all out it's like okay all right now I'll go and do whatever it is that I want to do but it's almost in a sense like telling the universe or whatever it's like okay like I went through what it was that I was feeling and causing whatever I'm like, here, here's my wish list. <laughs> like, this is what I want. And I've noticed that it really, by sitting with it um, mm-hmm. and writing it down, it really forces us to, to notice and get clear on what we want and then kind of allow that to, to come. So that's a more like kind of thinking and feeling exercise that I find really can shift the intensity in a way. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. yeah, that's so. I love that. It's it it is it is somewhat cerebral, but it's also very simple. And you're not you're not um, asking of yourself to write a page or even to write a mm-hmm. sentence. So yeah. that I yeah, I really do love that. It does seem like a flesh out and also like um, a sort of manifestation list all in one, where you're just like you're bringing calling this in, and then you're also flushing out or just like bringing to your awareness. Exactly. And we can't really work on what's not like in our awareness often. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I wanted to just ask you one more thing really, or second to last main question though. Um, sure. And I want to ask you this right when we first started chatting, um, but you'd mentioned that Italy didn't feel like home yet. And so right away I was wondering you know what does that feeling of home feel like to you or like how do you define home yeah Yeah. that is an excellent question because it's 
It's something that I've thought about too, like actually my home, like my hometown where I grew up, I don't necessarily feel like that's home either. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't consider it anymore like to be a particular place. But for me, what home feels like is an inner sense of power. And, a, and what I mean by that is, is having not necessarily power over others, but knowing that whatever I do, I'm supported or I have the resources that I need to do it. Mm. And I find that to be really powerful because you can go anywhere with that, that feeling inside and, and be okay. Um, it's also a sense of like inner peace beingness, not having to be stressed and worried about everything, but knowing again that I have that inner power to either create or draw to me what it is I need, whether that's, you know, friends or resources or a solution or something like that. And so for me, it's something I'm constantly like cultivating in a way. And so there'll be days where I feel that a lot more than others, you know, it's kind of like a a wave and, but that's my go-to, I guess, in a way to, to feel and know when I'm in alignment at home, it's like, okay, if I'm not feeling that, why, like what's causing that to not be the case. Um, And so for me, it's, it's like, um, like a North Star. <laughs> it's really that sense of, yeah, having what you need and being able to go anywhere and still hold on to to that sense of, of being in inner power. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's what you had mentioned earlier, you help others come back to. And so I just, yeah, I just think that the work that you do is so beautiful. I'm so glad that you do it for yourself, but I'm so glad you do it for other people at large too, because it's so important to, to have that. Yeah. So t- just share a little bit more about, you know, where people can find the work that you do and what you're offering, if there's anything special at this point in time or just all yeah, the things. Absolutely. So I'm, I guess you could say I'm most active on Instagram right now. I, um, I show up, sometimes I disappear for a little bit, and I, but I'm okay. always around. Um, and so on Instagram, I, I think even in my LinkedIn bio, I have a, um, a section where people can learn a little bit more about what I offer. I offer like individual sessions for all the modalities that I do. And I offer, I also offer packages, but what I really find just so much fun is the one-on-one work I offer for like a healing mentorship, which is generally a three-month kind of a, a program that's tailored to the individual. So mm-hmm. whatever their circumstances or situations or their intentions for wanting to create that, um, I put together a program for them. And then every week we we meet and get together And it's really a chance for me to help ignite what it is that they want to create. And then we shift that energy closer and closer and get clearer and closer and closer. Um, So it's, 
it's having that support. <laughs> I talked about support a lot and how, how that feeling of support is really instrumental. At least it has been for me living abroad. And so I like mm -hmm. to offer that as well. So people can really feel, feel that sense of home within wherever, wherever it is that they are. Yeah. So, uh, and that includes um, all the modalities that I offer, which one of them is, is a sound healing, which is mm. a really powerful and fun way to shift the energy and really create what it is that, that we want. Wow. That's so beautiful. And just saying, just having, you know, virtually sat in your, your energy field throughout this past, you know, hour, I've, I can only imagine how healing like three months of being with you is, is like you truly do like have this like glow about you. And uh, so, yeah, I just had to say that because you're, you are such a light and I'm just so grateful again that you're doing this work. Thank you so much for joining us on the North Star podcast. I am so grateful for your time and your presence. If you want to chime in on the conversation, you can send me a DM at Mac Castro on Instagram. I mean it when I say that I'm really always happy to hear from you, be it with regards to your insights gleaned from this episode or with regard to your own unfolding journey at large. I do believe that we each have our own North Star and it's our duty to do the inner work to get to know ourselves so that we can live in harmony with our souls, carry out our calling, and serve others with the gifts we have each been uniquely blessed with in this lifetime. Thank you again for joining us and I'll see you next time.